even if it's three people that I'm helping ever, like I just help three people. And like, if I have the, if I have good intentions and I love what I'm doing and it's actually helping people, like no one can bring me down and no one can stop me from taking the next step forward and continuing to get better and better and better at like, honestly, my personal mission. You've gotten great at divine working, but what about divine living? Welcome to the Divine Living Podcast. I'm your host, Gina DeVee. You're not alone in wanting more. And here at the Divine Living Podcast, you can expect to be part of conversations from women like us who unapologetically dream big and are obsessed with manifesting our most fabulous lives. The conversation starts now. Ladies, 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 welcome to the Divine Living Podcast today. I could not, and I mean, I could not be more thrilled, excited, grateful, elated to bring you my guest today. It is the one and only Britt Marin of Britain Co. And I remember when this superstar launched back in the day, which we will talk about that, and just watched her rise to every level of epic success, I'm pretty sure is enviable for every woman entrepreneur, even though we know there's no competition and everyone can do everything they want, Britt. What Britt has done and who she is as a woman, a human, a wife, a mom, and most importantly to me, my friend, (laughs) is just a gift in and of itself. So Britt, welcome to the show. So happy to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. That was the nicest introduction ever. (laughs) Well, it's so true and it's so heartfelt, you know, having watched you, you know, from afar online all these years and now to like be in a close girlfriend circle with you. It's just like, like the ultimate manifestation. It's such a gift in and of itself. So, oh my gosh, I just, after this girlfriend group we established, which I know we can talk about, I'm like, why doesn't everyone have one of these? I mean, I mean, I know we all have girlfriends, but like girlfriends that like actively plan to get together mm-hmm. and go really deep every time they get together instead of just mm-hmm. talking about Netflix, which we know we can all do. Mm-hmm. Or our last or next launch. You know, it's like, right. how do you like actually do life and friendship outside of But we'll talk about some of that too, because I know so many of the women in Divine Living community want to know how you've done what you've done. But let's give some people background in case... Anybody has like not experienced any of your 65,000 pieces of online content, tell them who you are and what you do. Yes. Oh boy. Well, hi, I'm Britt. I was born and raised in Texas. So I'm a a Southern girl um, who loves country music. And, but you know, something inside of me when I was a little girl, like yearned to get away and escape and try for big things. Um, and, you know, I was always kind of an inventor type. I loved creative stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I remember even like, I always had to buy things on sale, uh, be- because that's just the way my parents raised me. Different story about money mentality. We can talk about later, but because of that, I was always like buying stuff from Ross for like $3 and like stitching it up to be actually cute. And like, so I was just wow. like crafty, creative out of the box thinker, but I loved technology and I loved media. I was literally setting my alarm at 7 a.m. most days, which is insane as a 12-year-old, to get up and watch Katie Couric on the Today Show and like Barbara Walters in 2020. And like, 
I subscribed to every magazine and listened to every like CD and burned all the CDs and like, but then I fell in love with computer science as a teenager and was like, oh my God, I got to get out to this place called Silicon Valley ASAP. Like all my dreams could come true on this internet thing. And so I did, I, I fast tracked through college in two years and moved out to in 2005 to work for Apple. This is like pre iPhone, you know, I was working in iTunes when it was just music, no TV shows, no apps, no anything. And then I moved on to Google and I did that for a few years and then YouTube. And, you know, I noticed that at Google and Apple every year, the top searches were how to oriented searches and they largely skewed female, like women wanted to learn and they wanted to learn how to do stuff. And the, the content behind it, the search results were like so crappy. It was just like ehow.com and like super ugly user-generated content on YouTube. And, and that little girl in me came back and was like, I love learning how to do things. I love making things. And so Britain Co. was born and, and now almost 10 years later, yeah, we've done over 65,000 pieces of content, videos, um, articles. We have podcasts, we have books. We sell things. We sell a lot of things. We sell products. We sell classes. We have 130 courses, literally, you can take. We used to host events up to 15,000 people at a time. And um, yeah, as you can imagine, Brit is me. And so I'm I'm sort of the face of the brand and I've done a bunch in that world too. So, so impressive. And I think that so many people think that you can go big on almost any other subject, right? You can go big on business. You can go big on health or weight loss. Like you chose creativity. Talk to us about that. No, it's so funny. I think there are a lot of verticals that you can, you know, become an expert at. And I decided I wanted to be a horizontal. (laughs) So like I wanted to weave a thread of creativity into our home life, into fashion, into food, into parenting, because the reality is we are all as humans, creative people that do not believe we're creative people. And yet every time we make a decor decision in our home, that's a creative decision. Every time we put on eyeshadow, we're literally creating gradients, which is a creative skill. Like we use creativity every day, all day, and it's applicable in every part of our life. And no one had really put those things together before, especially in a digital fashion. And that's kind of where I I found my unique, you know, identifier early on. Amazing. Amazing. So early on, did you have this big of a, a vision? Were you like one of those, like, I was just blogging one day and all of a sudden it's become this, or were you like from the gates? Like, I'm like, I'm going to the masses. Well, the funny story is, you know, I came out of this whole tech world of Google and Apple and blah, blah, blah. And I naturally thought that the next company I would do, like the first company I would ever start, the reason why I would leave Google, the number one place to work would be to start a tech company and like make apps, obviously. And at the beginning, I was like, okay, I'm going to make an app for like every category. It'll be like a utility that you turn to when you want to learn to cook. You use my app to like teach you cooking stuff. When you want to decorate your home, we have an interior design app. When you want to plan your wedding, we have a wedding app. And that's all going to come together because we'll just create this content site that sort of touches on these subjects. But really, it's just the marketing channel to drive people to our apps. And so that was the plan. 
And we made the content side and we made the first app. It was a wedding app. It was called Weduary. <laughs> Very clever <laughs> name, I'm sure. If you search the depths of YouTube, you can find a music video of me launching Weduary. I am wearing a wedding dress and it's a rap video, just so you know. Anyway, <laughs> so then like the content site was took off and we were like, no, but download the app, <laughs> like use Weduary. And everyone's like, please post more DIY tutorials, please blah, 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 blah. And Pinterest had just started. And, you know, I'm a big believer of jumping onto new platforms before everyone else, because you just have such an early advantage. So we did, and our brand is so visual. It just like took off there. And at some point within the first year, I remember being like, huh, I guess like we should double down on the content. Like I've never thought about running a media business. I have no idea how to do advertising, but like, it's clear that that's what the women want. You got to give the women what they want. And so, yeah, I hired a CRO and we started learning how to make ads and talk to clients. And yeah, it became the first revenue model of, of many revenue models. And from there, we sort of built what we thought the future could be with products and events and everything else. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And so you know, this massive company that you are the name and face of has brought you into a lot of really sexy, literally channels, so to speak. So let's talk some like backstage funness here. Like, so um, I've seen you on the Rachel Ray show. You've been like Kelly and Ryan, like, let's talk about some of those. What was it like being on Rachel Ray? Oh, Rachel Ray is amazing. She's like literally the same person off camera she is on. I interviewed her for my podcast early on and she literally came in carrying like gin and tonic in one hand and a glass of wine in the other. And I was like, you're double fisting as we go into a recording. That's amazing. Um, she does drink a lot of coffee all day, which I credit her for like the energy she can maintain because sometimes she'll shoot three shows a day wow. and it's insane. Like the production that happens, but she's fantastic. I love Rachel Ray. Cool. And what'd you do on her show? Oh, so I'm a constant guest for her um, around DIY, home, kind of lifestyle. And we, you know, we love to also think about holidays and ways to celebrate. So she'll do like the cooking and I'll do the entertaining Aww. ideas and things like that. So I've been on her show a ton. Yeah, she's great. Cool, cool, cool. And what about Kelly and Ryan? Kelly and Ryan are also hilarious. Kelly's like one of the best dressed people I've ever met. I'm obsessed with her. Ryan is kind of one of those, he's like your brother, I would say. He's like the like, you look up to him. He's funny. You're not like overly like envious of anything, but you're like, well, we'll hang out and like watch movies together. It's cool. <laughs> That's amazing. So I know so many women in the community are wanting to get into the bigger media and, and have those channels. Like what was your mindset before you had done any of the big shows? And like, what were you thinking about you and the bigger media? Well, you know, at the beginning of Britain Co., I remember someone crafted an analogy like, this is the millennial Martha Stewart. And for some reason, that stuck. And like every PR thing that ever happened, it was like, Silicon Valley's Martha Stewart, millennial Martha Stewart, like every version of Martha Stewart, which is really awkward when you meet Martha Stewart, <laughs> which I did. And she's like, so like, who are you? And um, <laughs> on the other hand, 
it was kind of like the perfect elevator pitch to get me noticed. I always tell entrepreneurs like, you need the twist. You need a differentiator. You need something that's going to make you stick out, but that people can instantly understand, you know, like the open table for dogs. I don't know what that, like, you know, the Airbnb for the Airbnb for dogs is what I'm talking about, which is like Rover, right? Like the, mm-hmm. you know, and so what is your three word, five word quick pitch? And Silicon Valley millennial Martha Stewart was mine. And, and so that became a thing that got me a lot of press in the early days. And it was this also this idea, it's like the irony of two things that shouldn't go together that are going together, like crafts and technology. Like mm-hmm. that sounds weird. I don't even know what that means. And the irony of that caught people's attention so that, you know, again, they would write about it and talk about it. And I'd make random lists and people to follow and whatever. And and I think that's where the networks first saw me. You know, there are various articles written in my first year or two. And I just remember one day getting like a cold email from a producer of the Today Show. And she was like, hey, like we would love you to come on and do like a crafting DIY um, thing for 4th of July. And I was like, oh my God. And so, you know, I always aspired to do TV stuff. I think like the whole reason of putting my face and name in the brand was to sort of give me a leg up on being a real person that could do books and television and like be a real expert figure. But I had never done live television before. Like I worked at a tech company before. So I was like, so freaked out. I didn't sleep the night before. My hands were shaking on the set, which is not optimal when they zoom in on your hands to do DIY. (laughs) You have to like literally make some, it's like not even just a TV interview. It's like, you've got to make something and make it look good in like two minutes. Um, And that's really hard. And so it was good enough, I guess, to get asked back. And like now after eight or nine years, I've probably done over a hundred TV segments like that. And um, it's like no big deal now. (laughs) You know, you can like wake up and just do it. So practice is everything, ladies. Just know that. Awesome. Awesome. So in the women entrepreneur space in particular, you know, one of the things that I hear and have heard for two decades now about why women aren't going for their dreams more or really allowing more abundance of any sort in is about this feeling of unworthiness. And so, you know, it's like, oh, well, I'm not worthy or I don't deserve that. Like, did you have any of those kind of issues to work through? Oh yeah. I mean, you know, the upside of naming the business after yourself is like some of these PR components work better. The downside is you're like square in the center of the target for anyone who does not like you or your brand and the amount of criticism you get. And for me, I was online bullied in the early days is just much worse than it would be if it was a generic brand that no one knew, you know, who the founder was. Um, So I had to deal with a lot of really hard feedback coming my way, especially in the early days when like you're supposed to be messy because you're just getting out there and trying stuff and like it wasn't perfect and it, you know, I got made fun of all the time. I got criticized, like there was like some death threats randomly. (laughs) Like it was not great. And I think all of that, in addition to our own, foundational set of unworthiness, like, was like, is this for me? Like, is this what life's about? Like, am I really, I mean, I love what I'm doing, but like, 
I don't need this energy coming towards me. Like maybe I chose the wrong thing. Like maybe I'm not worthy. Like maybe I shouldn't do this. And at the end of the day, I like paused and I sort of assessed who are the people saying these things to me and <laughs> like they're on Twitter mm-hmm. and whatever. Right. Honestly, most of them were men, <laughs> like men wow. making fun of me and men doing these terrible things. And the women were like more, more, more like, and so I sort of like pivoted my mindset and I was like, you know what? Fuck that. Like, I love what I'm doing. People care. And it's, even if it's three people that I'm helping ever, like I just help three people. And like, if I have good intentions and I love what I'm doing and it's actually helping people, like no one can bring me down and no one can stop me from taking the next step forward and continuing to get better and better and better at like, honestly, my personal mission. And so if that's true for anyone listening right now, like if you believe deep in your heart that you are on the path that you're supposed to be on that you love, that you're good at, that people credit you for, like you got to keep walking. Yes. People might throw stones, but like (laughs) shake the haters off because you are doing the 100% right thing for you right now. And that's all that matters. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. I love it. I think that, you know, other questions around this worthiness piece, like when you're going for your next whatever, you know, like, cause for all of us, we start at a certain level and then you go and you accomplish that and then you accomplish that. Like, so whatever the thing is, like, does any of it still come up for you about like, oh, can I dream that big or can I really? Oh, yes. I just had a recent conversation about this with a girlfriend of mine who runs a public company, mind you. She literally started a a startup with zero employees, now runs a public company, multi-billion dollar public company. And she and I were just lamenting about like, why does the next thing always have to be bigger and better? And not even just in our professional lives, like our next family trip needs to be like even better than before. My kid's birthday party this weekend Mm -hmm needs to be better than his last one. The cake needs to be prettier and more creative. And like, you know, everything is better. My my fitness routine is better. My sex life is better. Like everything should be better. Always, always, always. And like, it's exhausting, let's be honest. And, you know, I think that my catch 22 on this front and the unworthiness part of it is that I recently this year decided to raise my first venture fund so I'm raising, I'm so glad you're bringing this up. Yeah. And you know, there's literally like single digit percentages of women who have ever started a venture fund, a, a technology investment fund that invest in largely tech companies, right? Like most of them are old white men. And I'm a 34 year old woman. <laughs> Not only am I a woman, I'm a young woman. And so the odds are against me, right? I'm raising a hundred million dollar fund. It's not a small fund. It's the legit size first fund. And everyone just pause right now. I'm raising a hundred million dollar fund. Like Brit Morin, like, <laughs> like just, I mean, I love me some big thinking and like, you're not just thinking about it. You're doing it. Like you're past the what level fund should I A start a fund and be what level? Like, wow. Yeah. It's, but you know, I think it's like, 
I psych myself out. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing this. <laughs> and, and I'm doing it during COVID in 2020, which is maybe the worst possible time in history to ever raise a fund. Just like throwing that out there, but I'm doing it. And there are some people saying no. And there are a lot of people saying yes. And it's like, holy shit, like I'm going to do this. Like it's happening. And, and there's moments where I'm like, oh, this is so new for me. Like raising money from anybody is like a whole psychological thing in itself, much less raising at this level. And the stakes are just so much higher and they like diligence, like they literally like call your friends, your family, your cat, like everyone who has ever talked to you, they want to talk to. It's like the ultimate like life exam. And so, you know, there's moments where it's like, oh God, oh God, like I can't do it. They're going to say no, like what's going to happen? And then again, I come back to this, this idea that like, I chose this path. I chose it because I believe I could do it. I chose it because I believe that like me being in the ring to invest in probably many female founders and many female oriented products and services that will make women's lives better is important. And like by me investing in female founders, they are going to create the tools that women need to make their lives better. And so at the end of the day, like I'm just taking it one step higher so that top down, we can all have a much better purposeful life as women in this world today. And so if I come back to that and that's my truth, then like these really hard conversations and these really awkward moments and these minutes of like disbelief in myself kind of fade away. And, and so it's a practice though. Like it's never, they don't fade away forever. They definitely come back. And I just, I have to come back to that reminder. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I mean, we, I think the older I get, I just really, really totally get all things are possible. And we have the desires in our heart for a reason. And it's not for it to like be a nice thought. It's to manifest them so that we're living these great lives. And like you said, contributing in such a big way, it's important to be investing in female founder. Like, yes. And that's like, who better than you? This is your divine assignment on the planet right now. And we all have our own massive epic divine assignments. If we would just start saying yes. And when the winds blow, not letting ourselves get knocked out of the, out of the lane. So. Oh, well, and you're like somebody in my girl gang, that's been like that champion for me. And so like, mm -hmm. if anyone's listening, like no way I can ever do this hard thing I've been dreaming of. Like you can, and you might need someone like Gina to tell you <laughs> that you can, to tell you it's your divine assignment, because I think, you know, deep down that it is. Right. Um, but I think you're questioning your worthiness, your talent, your skills, like all the little things in your brain that are telling mm -hmm. your heart it's not. So mm -hmm. thank you, Gina, for that. Totally. Well, it's a pleasure and honor. And we, we do it for each other. That's for sure. But we had a lot of moms in our community. Want to talk about motherhood? Yeah. Uh, you know, the big question the moms ask me, and I don't know why they ask me because I don't have kids, but it's like, how do you do the balance? How do you like not feel guilty when you're at work with the whole kid thing and not be thinking about work when you're with your kids? And so you've got two gorgeous little beings. How do you do it all? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's the during COVID answer and the pre-COVID <laughs> answer. So 
I used to be able to have babysitters and things like that help me out every now and then. And my biggest tip when I was ever asked this question was like the weekend morning babysitter. Um, because I think we only think about the like evening date night babysitter, but the reality is the only self-care time I really get. And I'm a morning person is like that kind of like eight to 10 AM block on a weekend, right? Like that's my preferred time to go on a run, to take a nice bath, to like put on a face mask and just like do my meditation and chill. And so I decided to do weekend morning babysitters. And that was like my time in the morning. I hung out the kids all day. Maybe I did a date night that night, but like taking time for yourself is number one. And if I need to like get a friend or a neighbor or a grandma or somebody to like come over and just give me two or three hours, even once a month. Like I am such a fan of that post COVID or during COVID is much harder. Like we are, we're pretty locked down. My um, husband has like autoimmune stuff. So we're like really cautious and it's tough, you know, between the hours of nine to five, I can only work because we have a little pod set up for the kids. And and so we're doing it that way. But yeah, finding time for myself has been really tough this weekend. I just went to LA because I had to do a video shoot and I took a COVID test and everything. And I drove there. I didn't fly. And I had two glorious nights at an Airbnb with just myself, some Netflix, some rosé, and it was amazing. It was the first time this year that no one screamed mama at me <laughs> for like within the course of a day. And like the dog didn't need me. And my husband didn't need me. Like no one needed me. And I loved it. And so now I told my husband, we should, <laughs> I should figure out the cadence of which I do this, literally just go get an Airbnb for myself for a night even. And I think it's great for couples to do together, especially couples with kids to t- take out a weekend if you can. And, you know, at this point, I think in quarantine, we have like your bubble probably of people that you are safe with. So whatever you need to negotiate to get like a night of childcare, <laughs> um, do it because it, it turned me back into like a real whole woman again. And I'm so appreciative of that. Oh, super, super important. So yes, moms, non-moms, all women need to prioritize themselves. I mean, because then we just are so much more generous and alive and life-giving literally. Awesome. 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 So let's talk about your podcast now, shall we tell everyone it's teach me something new with Britt Morin and what's the concept other than the obvious. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, so I think like you probably gather this about me, but like, I'm like insatiably curious. I love learning new things. I think it's why, you know, Britt and co is so, is able to be so broad because I'm genuinely interested about all of these different verticals of things to learn about. That's why venture capital is so interesting to me because I'm obsessed with like these new innovations and in areas ranging from literally like solar to makeup to like, we just invested in a, a new baby formula brand that, that chemically like mimics breast milk better than any other formula. Like, it's like, I'm like, wow, how did you do that? What are the chemicals? Like what, tell me about breast milk. Like I'm barely curious about breast milk, like, and like, it's real. Like I geek out on this stuff all the time. And so teach me something new is like that come to life for podcasting, but you know, obviously tailored it to the audience and we get to go into so many cool topics. My first guests were Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher and their of first ever interview together. They've literally never done an interview together. What? 
I know. And, and so I had them teach me something new about how to use acting skills for everyday life. So like how to use inflection and gestures and like, you know, all these different cues of like what to do next and like how to, how to create attention and like memorizing memorization techniques. It's like so interesting and also just so hilarious because they're both like two of the funniest people I know. And then we talked about Rachel Ray. So she talked about like cooking 101 for beginners. We've gone into areas with like Adam Grant talked about productivity. Um, Justina Blakeney did interior design. We've done mental health. We've done the head of Instagram, Adam Masseri came on to talk about social media and what that's doing to our brains. And so it's been fascinating because I just get to cover such a wide variety of topics with some of the most interesting people I know. And hopefully, you know, for the listener, it's kind of a choose your own adventure, like whatever interests you, mm-hmm. you can go deep into in less than an hour, learn a few new things and move on to the next one. Amazing. Amazing. Well, we'll put the, all the links in the show notes. And of course, everyone here is going to go subscribe and leave a review. That's really, really important, ladies. And Britt, just from all of your big thinking, like what advice do you have for people who are really wanting themselves to get out to the masses and to reach a larger audience? It doesn't happen overnight. I think as women, we we see the future and we want it to be now. And the reality is like, I started Britain Co. 10 years ago, you know, and some of you listening are just finding out about me today. And it's like, it takes a long time to build an audience and to grow an audience. Um, but at the same time, like it only starts with one person. And, and if what you're offering is of value to one person, it's, likely valuable to more. And so it's about finding those people. And of course there are growth hacks you can do. And like in Silicon Valley, where I'm from, the viral coefficient is 1.3 X, meaning like for every new user that joins Facebook, let's say, if they can get two or 1.3, but really two friends to join, it's instantly viral. Right. And so look at COVID. (laughs) If the RT rate is above one, it's viral in your area. So, you know, if you're trying to grow, it's like, how do you actually get for every new person that joins them to bring on two more? Right. And, and there's so many ways to do that. You know, Buzzfeed did this by tapping into emotion. Um, Every Buzzfeed article in the early days was like, it either made you laugh, made you angry, made you cry, made you nostalgic. They sort of studied the seven core human Mm. emotions. This is a fascinating case study, by the way, Mm -hmm. because when something hits an emotion that strongly, it's generally shared on the internet. If it makes you laugh, like think of your Instagram, like something really makes you laugh, you're probably going to share it. Right. Right. And so I would also say like, what are the emotions you're able to provoke in people? Like, is this podcast emotional for you? You're going to share this podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if you share it with two people or like your Instagram following, which is hopefully at least two people, (laughs) Gina's podcast will grow and it'll be amazing. And so, you know, there's so many ways to grow your audience. But at the end of the day, again, I come back to like, it's a journey. Um, None of this was built overnight. And if you're on the path you're meant to be on and you continue to walk forward. Um, you will get there. I promise you. Oh my gosh. There's two nuggets here. And that last piece that I think are so important for women to get in no particular order, but 
I've seen so many times when I had a dream and I was going for it and it was like full gusto and then like something would happen and it was like, uh oh, well, maybe it won't happen. And then, you know, it's like, if I'm not careful, I'm like a ladybug on her back, like, ah, it won't happen for me. And every time, not every, sometimes I was able to maintain the, the vibration, but when I was really feeling stress, and if I took the timeline piece off of it, if I was just like, I remember when I had my my money breakthrough, I'd be like, I got to make this amount of money by this mother. I gotta be, and then finally, I was just like, you know what? I'm making a decision to transform my relationship with money. And I'm going to learn how to become wealthy. And I don't even care how long it takes. Like I wanted it sooner, but it was just like, I took the pressure of that it had to be now. And I took it, released all the comparisonitis. And I was just like, I'm doing it no matter what. And we'll just see how long it takes. It's like, like, cause you that. know, if you stick with it, you're, you can accomplish it. So I love that you brought that up. I think so many women yeah. are so hard on themselves. They haven't gotten their first client sooner or they haven't, whatever, hit 10,000 people on Instagram sooner or whatever the thing is. So I love, love, love that. Women are too hard on themselves, number one. And then the second piece, it's like everyone listening, write this down. We think we're going to get success the masculine way. We think that we see masculine is about I, the feminine is about we. So we think that we've got to figure it all out on our own. We've got to do it ourselves and we've got to like optimize a funnel. Not that you don't have to optimize a funnel or whatever your, your growth strategy is, but women are connectors naturally, right? We, we see a sale. We're like, we're already telling not two people, we're telling 10, you know, like we like a movie. We're like already just naturally sharing that with people. And so for women to understand like your business growth is not meant to be this isolated journey. It's not meant to like you getting one person after the next, after the next, but really opening up this like community relationship based, like, let's do this together. I love, I actually didn't know the statistics on it. I just did. We are currently, well, at the time of this recording, we are in the premiere for the Q Club. And I just naturally had this like, leave no queen behind mentality. I was like, this is positive, amazing, uplifting programming. Go share. I did three. So I don't know what, what three is good. Yeah. That's uh, better than two. Algorithms <laughs> will do that. I said, go tell three women who aren't already, you know, exposed to this information. And it's like, it just, it feels good to do that. Yeah. So I love, love, love that you brought those two elements up there. Right. Because then at the end of the day, it really only takes one. If you tell one, 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 if one person from your Q club launch tells three women and those three women tell three women, like it's done. So like, yeah, I think people overestimate, you know, the power of the, we for sure. And I love what you said about timeline, because I think it's like, for some reason, all these lists, like, like under 30, under 40, 50, under 50, like Forbes five. I don't like, it's like, it's so arbitrary. Like what is dictating when you peak in life? And by mm. the way, how much cooler of a life would it be? I know people who do this, who like switch careers every five years for fun. They just want to like see what it's like to work in the surfing industry <laughs> or to like go be a writer or to like run a massive tech company. And like, so you're not going to peek at all of them, but like, isn't the fun part, the adventure and the learning and mm. like, 
it's just, yeah, it's like you might peak when you're in your 50s or in your 20s. Like, who knows? But at the end of the day, like, are you working with people you love? Are you smiling and laughing throughout the day? Of course, it's going to be hard. But like, if it's something you're passionate about, like it fills you up every day and you want to wake up and get out of bed every day. Like, isn't that the point of what we're all doing here on this earth? And and so you can't go wrong, you know? Love it, love it, love it. And uh, one more thing I want you to share with people is um, speaking of the adventure, what's the sort of game you played with yourself on the weekly basis? Oh, <laughs> well, no, uh, the no, give no, it a the, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give I, it a week. I, I was like, well, I play a lot of games with oh, myself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm not pretty enough, like all those games. <laughs> But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Okay. So yeah, I, I did this thing where, you know, a couple of years ago, I was like making my New Year's list. And this is dorky of me and very Brit of me, but like I usually like doodle and letter my like res- resolution for the year and make it all fancy. And, and then <laughs> I was thinking like, what am I going to choose this year? And then I realized I hadn't really accomplished any of the prior years. So as pretty as I made it, I like didn't live up to it. And I was like, huh. And then I actually looked into the data and it it said that most people who make a New Year's resolution, like move on from that as of, there's a specific date, February 8th. <laughs> so it roughly lasts about five weeks before, before people fall off the wagon. And I started to think, wow, like, I think we're all dreaming too big and too ambiguously. And like number one rule of manifesting is like, you got to dream what you believe you can achieve. And like what I believed I could achieve while running a company and having two toddlers was like, I could do something new in seven, like for seven days max. Like, and so I was like, but wait, I could do like 52 things that each have seven day, you know, limits. And so I did, and I called it, give it a week. And I chose 52 things to try or learn or do that have been on my bucket list my whole life that I never made time for because I thought it was silly or I thought, you know, it just wasn't a big deal. And I had the most transformational year of my entire life. I put it all on social media for people to hold me accountable. But what ended up happening was like tens of thousands of women started either participating with me and doing the same challenge as me for the week, coming up with their own challenge or like, participating somehow in my challenge. Like, you know, they voted on which, which hair color I should dye my hair and next and like all this examples. stuff. And so Here's some of the examples of what you did on give it a week. Oh my gosh. I, you know, so some of them were, you know, zero waste. I was like, I've seen pictures of people who like literally don't have trash cans. They keep all their trash in a Mason jar. And I'm like, how though? Like, I don't understand that life. And so it's like, I'm going to do zero waste for a week. And I realized really quickly, like, all the things I use that are really wasteful. And I also tried cloth diapers as part of that week, which I do because I had a hard time with it to not stick to. And um, let's see, I went blonde for a week. I tried virtually every creative art you could imagine for a week, like singing, learning guitar, cake decorating, calligraphy, painting, like everything. I became a Lyft driver for a week because I've genuinely always wondered what those people are thinking when you get into the passenger, you get in the car and like how the app interface works. I was just like so curious. And I did it during the holidays. So I decked out, I was driving a Ford Raptor, like AKA a monster truck. Okay. I strung lights around the outside. There was a Christmas tree on the top. The inside had a disco ball. 
Elf was playing on an iPad. I had a DIY cookie station <laughs> back. Words. Karaoke. You could karaoke to your favorite Christmas carol. I was just like, if I'm going to do this, I need to make it fucking ridiculous <laughs> and gamify it to see if I can get tips. Like, how does one get tips as a Lyft driver? And so I had candy canes for every passenger. I had an el- a hat. Like, it was hilarious. Um, so I did crazy tips. things and I did more serious things. I learned meditation. I learned, I did a volunteering week where I volunteered at a new place every day and learned about how easy or hard it is to, to volunteer. I, you know, I just, I learned so many things. And so it was, it was so interesting. Um, what was your favorite one? My favorite, besides the lift one. That's pretty epic. That one was pretty epic. I mean, the one that stuck with me the most, I did photography for a week and I, I really, it's my favorite art form. I, I did a whole work, that one I actually did as a week to a workshop um, and I, I got really good, much better at photography. I mean, going blonde was hilarious, mm-hmm. mostly because of the um, social judgment that happens to you as a blonde. If anyone's out there that's changed hair colors for, and I have dark brown hair and dark brown eyes. So like, this was a big deal. I did actual business meetings, like being blonde. That was totally different. The way I got like treated at the cashier was different. Like I was like fascinated by that. But then I didn't like experience. I did oil pulling for a week and my, my teeth before and after the whitening was legit. I also did boob, a boob week. (laughs) So these are all on my Instagram, by the way, you can go back and watch them all. Well, boob week was every day was a different thing about boobs, but one day I tried boob tape and I did, I learned boob contouring and I have no boobs if anyone can't see me. Uh, and the before and after of what I learned how to do. And I know that's like a, it's like a, I don't know. It feels weird to talk about, but like, sometimes you want to look sexy and you, and that's like, What's weird about a, that? I, I think I have a weird thing about boobs. I don't know. I just feel mm-hmm. like I'm from the like Christian conservative America. And I feel like, uh, like I don't want to show too much or reveal too much. But at the end of the day, it's like, I enjoyed I enjoyed it. I wore like a nice low cut top and you like need to hang out in Europe more often. With me, I know. I know. I know. That. This is why we're <laughs> friends, Gina. You can break me down on all these barriers I have with my body. <laughs> so anyways, it was just, it was so fascinating and I'm forgetting so many of them, but they're amazing. Oh, I love it. I love it. So everyone go follow Brit on Instagram and we'll have the, all of the, we'll tell them the tags right now. And yeah, I'm just at Brit basically everywhere. Um, so <laughs> early adopter at Brit on Instagram, uh, subscribe to her podcast, teach me something new. We'll have all these links in the show notes by her book. Let's talk about your book real quick here for a oh. second. Tell yeah. Me the book, um, yeah, my book's called Homemakers and, it, and the tagline is a domestic handbook for the digital generation. It's the thesis is like we, most of us like in our you know 20s, 30s and 40s, like grew up in a time where we didn't have a mom who stayed home. We never got taught like home ec class. It was an elective in school and we were now adults and we have no idea how to like make scrambled eggs or make or like put up wallpaper. And so the book is a fusion of it's like technology and home ec. And it's like, okay, each chapter is a different room of the house. You know, the kitchen is all about food and cooking. So like, here are the apps that can be useful to you. Here are the shortcuts because we know you have no idea what you're doing. But if you want to make any legit recipes, here's like some stuff that you need to know. And we do that for every room of the house and and, you know, the bathroom is beauty and the closet is fashion. And so um, really it's, it's kind of every category 
we subscribe to all done in like a really simplistic way. So you can get what you need done, done and makes it look beautiful. And you you didn't even know how to do it before. Oh, that's so awesome. Well, go get Britt's book as well. We'll have all the links about where you can get everything. Britt, thank you so much. You've been amazing. Everyone screenshot this episode right now. And I want you to go tag me and Britt and leave us your top nugget. Like what's the one thing you're walking away with from this super juicy, totally awesome conversation. And Britt, it's just been such a joy to have you. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much for being here today. I want to invite you to make sure that you are signed up for the Q Club premiere. That's right. This is five days where you just get to come and be given to the desire that you we're talking about you manifesting. It's going to be just enhanced and supported so much more over these five days of goodness of you getting so great at divine living. So I want to make sure you're there. It's totally free. Tell all your friends about it. Check out the links in the show notes and make sure you are signed up because it's only five days. I want to make sure that you get in on it. Lots of love, ladies. All right, Queen, did you love this episode and know someone who would love it too? I would love for you to leave a review on iTunes and share this podcast over Instagram. Tag me at Gina DeVee. And thank you for Queen supporting Queens and for your continued support. 